You're listening to the Caramel Apples Podcast, the show that brings you our retro vibe, both crunchy and sweet, with your hosts, Kennedy Rizzo and Cooper Lee. Heyo, Orchard Archivers, and thanks again for tuning in with us. Boy, do we have a fun treat pick for this week's trek. No, it's not apples. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be talking about food, really. Uh, restaurants with some of the memories surrounding them that made them stand out as special or unique. That's right. There's a sense of comfort in reconnecting with feelings, experiences, and places that Corgin Xers really anybody that enjoys remembering those very things fondly. That's right. Which is how we're even able to talk about this and many other topics in clear detail now. Mm-hmm. Being able to do this is a dream come true. I don't know. I'm both amazed and in awe at you know how we have such a fascinating catalyst to make this venture possible via podcasting here in current times. Mm-hmm. You know, to literally be able to go back in time with our dedicated listeners in order to experience a timeless tribute to all things retro 70s and 80s. (laughs) Boy, you said it. (laughs) What we want to do is showcase a few restaurants from the recent past, and we've done something a bit different with this topic by making it sort of a format of a countdown. Mm -hmm. You know, like the ones that were so incredibly popular back during the retro period. (laughs) Yes, and boy, were they. (laughs) A countdown would definitely make this topic of old school restaurants a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll create that authentic feel that's reminiscent of much better times and food. <laughs> <laughs> but a small disclaimer here, you know, although this is all about having fun, we do promise to handle our choice picks with grace and nuance. You know, we realize that some of these places may have sentimental value attached therein. Yeah. You know, it's little wonder that the world was transfixed by the power and draw of most things at that time. Yeah. And popular eateries were a huge part of that lure. So we did a little digging and came up with seven beloved restaurants that have quietly slid into our past. Oh. (laughs) So let's get into this week's topic and see just how much we remember, shall we? Hey, sounds good. Let's jump in. (laughs) Okay. Now, Kennedy, sometimes when we're talking about things back in the 70s and 80s, when you think of the many different restaurants that we've gone, that have gone the way of the dodo, (laughs) we haven't yet, thankfully. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Now, what's one of the first examples that comes to your mind? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Let me see here. Uh, Do you mean uh, like fast food? Well, yeah, kind of. But I was thinking more like actual sit down or, you know, like eat in type restaurants. What's the first one that comes to your mind? Oh, 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 okay. Um, I'm going to say Chi-Chi's. Okay. Okay. I remember Chi-Chi's and they were really good if you were craving Mexican cuisine. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Now, speaking of Chi-Chi's, do you remember their version of fajitas? Boy, I'm batting a thousand today. I don't think I do. <laughs> Chahitas! 
Oh God, I do remember that. <laughs> that was classic. Also, we had another place that was more for really special occasions. Um, if I remember right, I think it was called Casalapita. Oh, Casalapita, yes. Yeah, remember it was a it was a white stucco building, mm-hmm. and and they had a fountain inside the tiled foyer area, the waiting area. Mm-hmm. And I believe it had blue ambiance lighting and if i'm remembering correctly oh wait wait maybe i'm remembering the eagles hotel california album (laughs) 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 their album cover oh my goodness well now the sad thing is it 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 was seemingly the decor that i'm remembering well but not so much the food okay that doesn't mean the food wasn't good you know, we were just really young when we went there and we didn't get to go a whole lot because it was a couple towns away. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But you know what? I do remember, and do you remember, which I know the answer to this, <laughs> <laughs> but they had those little colorful candy mints. Um, They looked like little M&Ms or whatever. And they had like inside the filling was like a pe- York peppermint patties. Yes, they they were so, so good. They really were. Like that creamy mint. Mm -hmm. Yes. I literally, because of that, love those so much. (laughs) I had to go on the hunt and I found some online and I had to buy them in bulk. (laughs) And I've done that a couple different times. She really has, folks. I I definitely remember these. (laughs) If anybody, if you know anything about Cooper, she makes fun of me about trains. Cooper loves her sugar. Don't let her fool you. That's why she's a primal apple. (laughs) That's right. Letting the cat out of the bag. <laughs> All right. So now you know what I like. What do you remember and like? Well, I wouldn't say it was exactly my favorite. Um, it was really more of a sentimental thing to it, you know, because there were so many great times. Um, but I would say that this place was a great place to crash because of being with our girl squad, quote unquote. Okay. Um, and how our friend's parents felt comfortable going here because of always having you know so many extra kids in tow besides their own <laughs> God, they really did <laughs> poor people yes and that was ponderosa okay yeah so what i remember i think you know besides going there and it was all of us kids and everything my favorite part about it was they had the ice cream bar sugar alert <laughs> yet again <laughs> You know, they had, they were those little Sunday cups, they're, you know, that the ice cream dishes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I get like this little tiny bit of ice cream in the bottom. <laughs> and I would layer like, I would say a good two inches of the rainbow sprinkles on top. Oh my goodness, Cooper. Mm. <laughs> Delish. <laughs> she is not even lying. That is her jam. <laughs> Well, I'm more of a food person. I like my food and I mean, yeah, the ice cream is cool, but you know, I was there for the steak and potatoes. So give me my meal. <laughs> that, that, I was down good. with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have like the, uh, weren't they like one of the first ones that have the all day uh, salad bar? Not all day salad bar. What's it called? Buffet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the salad bar buffet. Yeah, they did. And, and again, it was it was uh, budget-friendly for big families or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe office or corporate parties. You know, like, those were kind of places to go to early on in the 80s. 
Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of places that were like steak places. Like there was Jed's and uh, York Steakhouse, Sizzler, uh, Bonanza. You know, and it's crazy how you can tell those restaurants still like you can uh, you can see the building still, but they're definitely not those restaurants anymore. Yeah, they're just remnants of themselves. Yeah, like I can think of one specifically, you know, like an old Taco Bell restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pawn shop there now. It's like, well, wait a minute. I came here for tacos. What's going on here? Well, yeah, that's a bad joke because now you are wanting tacos. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of these places, you know, they're like check cashing places. You know, you can get a mobile phone. Yeah. 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 It's just really changed. It it really has, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, we think about change, you know, you think about, you know, how good the food was at these places. And we're talking fast food again. Mm-hmm. You know, Taco yeah. Bell's food was yummy. And Wendy's tasted good. Burger King tasted good. Long John Silver's before it was all acronyms tasted good. <laughs> You know, but now, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, you know? I mean, it's just, it, you grab and go, it is what it is. Exactly. And, you know, this this is my thought on this. It's like, what happened to these restaurants? I think the fact that they wanted their menus to get big to stay in competition. Mm. They made their menus too big and complicated. You know, they wanted a breakfast side. They wanted a light menu and so on and so on. Yeah. So now we're not saying that restaurants shouldn't have, you know, like a variety of food, but let's be real. Just look at what has happened um, with the ones that we've already mentioned. Yeah. You know, just keep it kind of simple and, you know, you'll do okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that because I mean, how, how do we have the memories at one time that, you know, you could get a good tasting meal at Wendy's or Burger King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because their menu was a lot smaller and simpler because they did burger and fries and maybe a chicken sandwich or fish sandwich. Absolutely, mm-hmm. those whoppers were to die for. Oh, like, they were. They were amazing, folks. The it's lines, like the lines anymore. on the hamburgers were actually done from a grill. They weren't painted on. <laughs> That's another reason why they tasted good because it was hamburger. Exactly, letting the cat out of the bag again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're gonna kill us, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I miss that. I do too. And you know, we wouldn't always be interested in eating the food so much, but more often than not, if there was a movie or a cool new cartoon or TV series out, fast food chains would jockey, you know, and be in competition with one another, trying to be able to sponsor that set entity, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to have some kind of novelty item or toy to promote and such. You know, that represented the movie and whatever, but that's a topic for another episode. You know, that would be a cool one to actually, you know, do at a future time based on today's core topic. Well, absolutely. You know, you think of, you know, maybe some of those toys are worth some cash now. Totally. <laughs> Get some Let's coin. check eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Get some coin for those toys. That's it. <laughs> Well, let's launch into a few of these restaurants or eateries and revisit some of the uh, fascinating histories of some of these most memorable places we enjoyed eating at back in the day, shall we? Okay. You know, through memories, we briefly touched on a couple of these entries already. But here's our countdown of seven old school restaurants we're so excited to revisit. 
Do you remember any of these? Number seven, Chi-Chi's. In 1975, Chi-Chi's opened its first establishment, and by March of 1995, they already had 210 locations. Mm -mm. There was a time when it literally seemed like Chi-Chi's were everywhere. People loved going there for a margarita or two, and for some delectable food. Its first slogan, which I vividly remember from the commercials back then, was a celebration of food. Later, it changed to Life Always Needs a Little Salsa, which I also remember well. So, get this. The company fell on hard times after a hepatitis A outbreak at one of their restaurants. Really? Yeah, Louie. Oh. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, the outbreak of this sickness tragically took the lives of four people, and the company struggled to recover. It is said that their real estate was sold off to Outback Steakhouse, one of our newer steakhouses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which in turn sold them off to yet other companies. Chi-Chi's still have a few locations in some parts of the Middle East, which is curious, (laughs) and elsewhere across the globe. Now, as a a grocery brand, Hormel Foods bought the rights to use Chi-Chi's brand on grocery items and continues to produce Chi-Chi's salsa and other related products. Chi-Chi's.com is the domain name to market these products. Sadly, though, this won't be one of our current margarita stops anymore. Ah, so sad. (laughs) Number six, Steakhouses Ponderosa and Bonanza. These sister steak joints became popular because of the throwback hit TV show Bonanza. Mm Mm-hmm. Initially based in Plano, Texas, they got the fine reputation as a homestyle dining experience with menus consisting of food selections like chicken entrees, steaks with side items, and another crowd pleaser, seafood, all for a reasonable price. During the height of their popularity, these restaurants boasted over 600 locations nationwide. Wow. Yeah. However, there came a time when the business, um, both businesses actually, weren't doing so well. Mm. And not too much longer after this development, the owner decided to sell. Since then, the chain survived multiple ownership changes and brushes with bankruptcy. Oh boy. Yeah. Currently, the two chains are owned by the same company, but have seriously downsized from over 600 locations down to only 20. That's a big drop. Seriously. All in all, it was a decent place to dine in with family and friends and a great place to get your amazing steak and potato dinner, Kennedy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. (laughs) (laughs) These steakhouses will sorely be missed. Yes. Number five, Rack's Roast Beef. Ironically, in our hometown, Rack's, R-A-X, was literally right next to on the parallel lot to the aforementioned countdown entry Ponderosa. Yep. <laughs> it's also uh, one business that has had quite possibly the most name changes in restaurant chain history. And that's no mere exaggeration, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our entry of Rack's Roast Beef. 
It was originally named Jack's, J-A-X, Roast Beef. Then it later changed to Rick's Roast Beef, R-I-X. Okay. Yeah, honestly not in the slightest at all familiar with either of these previous names. (laughs) (laughs) But in the 80s, Rack's, R-A-X, hit its prime when they started adding the ever-popular salad and potato bars, which were huge at that time, Mm -hmm. and other food stations. So, real quick, uh, Cooper, do you remember if they had ice cream bars? Ah, you know what? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, so everybody knows why we asked you, because you you would remember (laughs) if that was the case, right? (laughs) I would be the expert. You would. (laughs) So these updated changes made them one of the country's most successful chains. But that wave was unfortunately short-lived. Problems in management caused major issues for business during the 90s. As of 2017, there was only a handful of these restaurants still in operation. It's okay, though, because if you still happen to be near one and want to give their menu a try, and I highly suggest they do, you do that right before they change the name again, <laughs> you may want to go out on a limb and, and give them a go. So Rax, R-A-X, actually was pretty good. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Number four, Bill Knapps. Bill Knapps was founded by Clinton B. Knapp in 1948. Originally established in Battle Creek, Michigan, it was known for its menu of breakfast baskets, sandwiches, and lunch and dinner platters. I fondly remember their cheeseburger baskets with french fries. Mm. That was some good eating right there. Sure was. (laughs) It was located here locally, just up the road nestled in the hills right behind our local shopping mall. Believe it or not, Bill Knapps was one chain that was particularly popular with the senior citizens. (laughs) (laughs) Now, unfortunately, in 1966, business went south when the chain changed its menu to home-style cuisine. Aww. Guess it wasn't too popular anymore with the seniors. Nope. (laughs) Viewed as a cost-cutting strategy, but to no avail, still could not keep up with, you know the changes I guess and they made the tough decision to shutter their last remaining location in 2002 but on the bright side Bill Knapps was a nice eatery that will be remembered for its signature dishes (laughs) (laughs) number three Damon's Grill and Sports Bar this is another entry in our countdown that's a serious blast from the past and that's Damon's Grill and Sports Bar Okay, our dad is an avid rib lover, both muddy and dry versions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and back in the day, he made no secret that he was all ready to go with one foot in the car to go eat some delicious ribs. (laughs) (laughs) We tease him mercilessly by saying that they must be good because we'd hear that buzzsaw going. (laughs) 
So founded in 1979, Damon's was initially based in Columbus, Ohio, and was considered a leading full-service, casual dining restaurant concept, with most of its restaurants located in the Midwest and Southeast U.S., but get this, also in the U.K.? Wait, wait. So it didn't go west of the border, it went east across the pond? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Interesting direction. Yeah. <laughs> so because of the struggling full-service barbecue restaurant segment of the market, the chain filed for bankruptcy, here we go again, in 2009. Statistically, Damon's had just $70 million in sales as of 2011. Mm. That sounds pretty good, but it was actually down more than 75% from 2001 when it boasted nearly $285 million in sales. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's a big, big jump. <laughs> Very big. So despite the difference in numbers, Damon's was still a fan favorite and still holds many of our fond memories. So sorry there, Dad. <laughs> Wouldn't you all agree that this sparkling retro entry deserves a spot in our countdown? Oh, yeah. Number two. TCBY. Okay, so you're probably wondering why you're hearing my voice again. (laughs) But this next entry has yet another fond mucho memory attached to it. And TCBY was my first job ever back in 1989. Back when minimum wage was still mere pennies, I think at $3.35 an hour. Woo, big spender. Yeah, I know, right? May have been pennies, but literally for a teenager who just landed their first job, that, my dear Orchard Archivers, was big money in my book. (laughs) I could buy my favorite novelty item and cassette tapes with ease now. (laughs) I was living large. (laughs) So by the time I got my first paying gig, TCBY had actually been around for a while at that point. It was, was introduced to the public in 1981. So, TCBY, which actually stands for the country's best yogurt, um, yeah, actually started the country's first frozen yogurt shop. You know, I had no idea that that was what that stood for. (laughs) You're kidding. It was just TCBY. You know, to a kid, I just, I was able to read those letters. That's what it was. I had no idea that's what it stood for. That is funny, Coop. (laughs) Remedial, maybe? (laughs) No. You know the saying, we learn something every day. That's a good thing you learned, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, thinking of yogurt, though, you think, what was there not to love about it? You know, after all, it was a healthy uh, choice and touted as a better alternative to ice cream. Oh, trust us, this stuff was good with its many delectable flavors like they had golden vanilla, chocolate, uh, peach, key lime, cake batter. They had pumpkin, like it was a seasonal flavor. Okay. But one of their best flavors was their ever famous white chocolate mousse. Oh, yes, that was so delicious. (laughs) But wait a minute. You mean they didn't have the flavor caramel apples? You know, they actually didn't. What in the world? Uh, What were they thinking? They missed out. (laughs) 
Yeah, they really did because they'd been on to something, wouldn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> but I guess to try to get past that, they offered a variety of topics sprinkled on your favorite treat. You know, anything to your heart's delight. Um, you could also get your frozen treat served in a, in a cup, a bowl, or a delicious waffle cone that were baked fresh every day. So, I do, I know Cooper's heard this story before. She, I mean, we're we're close and everything, so she knew it, she lived it, she, she remembers it probably. <laughs> but again, this was my first job there, and I'll try not to go too long on it, but this was in the dead of winter. You know, it wasn't a seasonal shop, you know, it was open all year long, so... This is a really brisk, blowing, cold, snowy winter day. You know, it wasn't a lot of people coming into the shop because it was just too cold for yogurt. Oh, yeah. But this this nice gentleman comes sauntering in there. He must have been, he got done grocery shopping at the nearby grocery store that just steps away. And um, he, he orders a banana foster sundae. I'm like, great. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so I got the little bowl out, threw it all together. You know, I put chocolate on there, strawberries, little pineapple, little caramel, you know. <laughs> put some dollops of whipped cream on there and threw some nuts on there. He was good to go. He paid for it. Ate in store. He was tearing his buddy up. It was good to him. So then, not only did he enjoy it, he gets up and he said he'd be back. That he really liked it and to have a safe day, good day, and he was on his way. Next day... <laughs> <laughs> my manager, I told her what I did. My manager takes me to the side cheat wall. And there, right there in my face, is the uh, recipe to how to put a banana <laughs> foster sundae together. I never saw that guy again. I don't know if he ever came back. But if he ever called for or wanted a banana foster sundae, he didn't get the banana split I made up for him. <laughs> that poor guy, I probably put my coworkers in jeopardy at that point. <laughs> right there. He probably said, that's ain't how it tastes. Right? <laughs> that's <just> terrible. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Gotta boy. love it. <laughs> well, back on topic. The chain was purchased by Mrs. Fields Holdings in 2000. According to the Chicago Tribune, it was mentioned that both TCBY and Mrs. Fields had considerable brand equity among consumers at the time. So unlike our other restaurant entries previously discussed, the company filed for bankruptcy protection in 2008 and actually requested a restructuring deal to avoid bankruptcy. So you got that right there. Yeah. So you may still be able to find one of these establishments around like in an airport terminal or something like that. But over a 10 year span between 2001 and 2011, TCBY ended up closing over 1,300 stores, leaving only 405 locations left um, as of 2011, you know, which is pretty heartbreaking because no doubt many of us are still hardcore fans. Yeah, we missed that white chocolate mousse. <laughs> Isn't that how it is? <laughs> yeah. Get in my yogurt. <laughs> oh, so here we are at the end of our countdown. But let's do a brief recap of what we've covered so far. At number seven, we had Chi Chi's. Number six, Steakhouses, Ponderosa and Bonanza. Number five, Racks, R-A-X, Roast Beef. <laughs> Number four, Bill Knapp's Two Peas. And at number three, Damon's Grill and Sports Bar. Number two, TCBY. Mm-hmm.
now we're down to our number one entry in our yesteryear eatery countdown. And for this one, our taste buds once again are heading south of the border with Don Pablo's. Big Tex Bold Mex <laughs> is how Don Pablo's described itself. Don Pablo's was a super good, delicious place to eat. Yeah. And it had a festive atmosphere that held true to that lively south of the border theme. Mm-hmm. They had some of the tastiest chips and salsa around. Oh boy, did they. <laughs> Taste them now. <laughs> <laughs> and their menu was to die for as well. You could hardly go wrong in choosing this delicious hot spot. Their chicken nachos were bomb. Bomb! <laughs> as well as their frozen margaritas. Bomb again! <laughs> In their prime, Don Pablo still wore the appropriately themed work uniforms with the guys looking like dapper bullfighters and the lady waitresses, they wore, you know, the beautiful full-flowing festive skirts and frilly white blouses that held true to its authentic Spanish-style theme, which was ultra cool, by the way. It actually was. It it added to the whole feel and flair of, of what the culture of the place was giving you. Absolutely. So this entry actually holds a special place for me in that Don Pablo's was the spot me and my hubby went on our very first date. <laughs> it was definitely a memorable time. Ah, uh, love. <laughs> Shut up, Cooper. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> I promise I won't do that again. <laughs> Not this time, anyway. (laughs) But, you know, that's nice. That's really cool, you know, to have those memories. Yeah. So, the company that owned Don Pablo's, Avado Brands, or Avado, I can't remember which one it is, but anyway, um, (laughs) went bankrupt twice in a small chunk of time. First, in 2004, then once again in 2007. The chain was sold to a restaurant group started by Avado's bankruptcy lender uh, in 2008, at which point it still struggles as a fast casual restaurant similar to Chipotle and Qdoba, Mexican Grill, respectively. Ooh, both yummy entries right there. Yes, they are. (laughs) Even with their um, financial struggles, Don Pablo still managed um, to become America's preferred choice for delicious Mexican food due to its uh, self-explanatory top-notch cuisine. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact we miss it. What about you? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> And to our Orchard Archivers, do you remember any of these awesome entries from our eatery countdown this week? Were any of the above listed on your favorites list? What were some of your favorite go-to menu items when visiting your favorite establishment? And since most of these were sit-down style restaurants, do you have any fond memories of togetherness with family, friends, or a date or two from back in the day? If so, hit us up. We'd love to hear some of your cherished thoughts and memories from back then. Absolutely. (laughs) And something else. Does anyone go to or still know if any of these or any of your favorite restaurants are still open? Do you have any of these close by? 
we had all of these places real close by to where we grew up back in the 70s and 80s here in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. But sadly, as stated previously, all of these on our list have gone the way of the dodo. Yeah, they have. (laughs) (laughs) We'd also be interested in hearing of other top name restaurants that we may have missed on our list. Share these with us so that we may consider these in a future episode. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun now, wouldn't it, Coop? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hearing from all these people, absolutely. It would, because it's like we Gen Xers, we have that type of bond going back in time, you know. You sure do. So want more inspiration? All inspiration is driven from things that make us happy. And when we get inspired, we're then moved to look for ways we can share our humor, knowledge, memories, or anything else that made its impact on the world. You Mm -hmm. just heard ours but from a caramel vantage point. (laughs) So there you have it. Even though this comprehensive list was both wild and interesting to consider, it's been a real treat to take a little time to revisit throwback establishments. Not only that, but it was nice to be able to briefly bask in the warm retro ambience. (laughs) And that's a caramel apple wrap. Yum. And that's it for this week's episode. To make sure that you never miss out on another second of our Carmelicious podcast, meet up with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Bye for now, and thanks so much for listening.